Some would say, well, you're just trying to reach for something. But each one of us is a miracle. We wouldn't be here if the devil could have his way. Spirits of this world and the odds that are against us. As we're born with this fallen nature. The enemies and the powers. But because a miracle worker works in our lives on a daily basis. In places that we don't, we may not even ask him. And sometimes I wonder how often I've failed to give him the glory for it. The honor for it. Because I just took it for granted. That it was just going to happen. But the scripture says ask and you shall receive. Man for that guidance for that protection for to be made victorious over the enemy of our soul man I know the miracles we're looking for and thank God for them and things like that but sometimes if you just let the enemy he'll make you feel like God's not doing a thing he just propped up over somewhere don't care but I beg the difference thank God man that he's working Love you this morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Before we change the order of service this morning, we want to bring a little something to your attention. Um, you know, we've talked about it, preached about it, and uh, trying to pursue a, a possibility at least of starting a school. So uh, we got some that's going to try to search out some things and... Uh, going to go to Little Rock this coming month. We're just trying to get some information and some direction to take. So Sister Mayo is going to come and put in a little something and uh, just to try to get us in that direction. Now, my main prayer is, and I, I've talked to different ones at different times, uh, is the field. Uh, and the reason of that, we need the land to know what to build. You know, if we got to build on these four acres, Amen. And let me clear that up. I'm not necessarily saying we got to have a building to start the school. But my dream is to have the building to have the school in. Not have the school in one of these buildings, but for it to have its own building. So it can be uh, built and uh, designed for that very purpose. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, she's just going to come. We're just getting a little something started and uh, trying to do maybe a little money, raise a little money and things in that direction uh, to let God know that we're going to plant a little seed. Got to find out if you really, if you mean it. Amen. So it takes planting some seed. So she's coming. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Okay, <laughs> when Brother, Brother Ford got up here talking this morning about Abraham just walking and nobody else saw, nobody else heard that voice, did they? Just Abraham. And um, I had Proverbs twenty nine eighteen written down and it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I was thinking, this is a very giving church. We give hand over fist, no strings attached to anything and everything, a need that's brought over this pulpit and 
how many of you ever, you don't even have to answer, but how many have you ever given to foreign missions or um, even our building fund or the Tupelo Children's Mansion? All of those things, there is a very clear need and we have given, even though maybe it wasn't always just our vision. But um, all of these things, if you've given to foreign missions, there's very few of us in here that have ever actually visited those churches over there that we've helped build. And Brother Moore, have you ever seen our new building yet? But you still have this vision of what we want, and we, we know the need. We know the why. We don't know how to get there yet, but we know the why. And the only experience that we've ever really had with the foster care system, besides Tupelo Children's Mansion giving, is this beautiful Shaw family. And um, that's our personal experience with those kinds of things. But you've given time and time again, over and over. No hesitation. Why? Why have you given, though? Because someone shared with you a burden, a need, or just a vision of something that they had in their heart, and a fire inside was lit because of somebody else's vision and somebody else's burden. So even if you could not have visited them or helped physically, you knew that possibly something that you had given could help in some way, even if it was just $50 a month or 10 or whatever you had given. So it wasn't your burden at first, but over time, you knew that you were helping somebody, that it lit a fire inside of you that you didn't even know was there. And that is what Pastor Moore has done over these last few years. He has put a little bit in us along the way. Even if you don't have children, he has put something in us, a little, oh, that's something that's, that's gonna, gonna come eventually. But how many of us have actually really put it on paper and thought about it? So if you don't mind, all of our school-aged children as of next year, would you mind coming and standing along this front right here? This may be chaotic, but right here, just quickly, quickly. I know y'all are ready to go to Sunday school. So most of you, y'all face the audience. Most of you in this room will never touch the walls Make a line. There you go, right there. Everybody face so everybody can see everybody. Most of you will never touch the walls of those African churches that we have helped build, and none of us are sitting in those brand-new pews or chairs in our new building today, and very few of us will ever consider stepping ourselves into the foster care system, but you've never seen some of those things for yourself, but you still support those visions, and we are so thankful. Whether you have a son, a daughter, or a grandchild, a niece, or a nephew up here, this is the vision that we can see today. We can see these children. We each have an influence on them. Brother Moore's talking about being an elder. Each one of us has an influence on one of these children or more of them. And what more of a vision do we need this morning? Each one of these is going to play a vital part in this church, not just today, but as they grow older. And we may not know all the details yet, but we know the end result that we want for each of these children. Each of them are going to look a little different, but this church out here as adults, we all look a little different. Um, we want whatever it's going to take to save our children. And these children and young people will be Sunday school teachers one day. They will be altar workers one day, and they may pray through some of your grandchildren and they're going to be ladies and men's leaders, possibly a pastor in this group, preachers, saints of God, most importantly. And in fact, they may just be the key to this community and get in that field. You never know. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have not always been 100% on board with the school, the church school, and before you throw darts, 
I think some of you will understand. Um, Brennan and I have been through public school our whole lives, and God kept us through all of those things. And so you wonder, all of those questions that all of you have had, I know you have because I've had them, but look around. How many of our children that are now young adults are we missing today? And I think about Brother Moore, what he says about sending our Boy Scouts out to fight a war. We would never do that. But why? Because they don't have the tools yet to fight that kind of battle. And I think about our children. Yes, every day we're instilling in them line upon line, precept upon precept. But are they totally equipped yet to make those decisions and fight the battles that are out there for them in this day. Now, I'm not saying that a church school is going to make these children automatically angels. We know better. <laughs> My mind, um, it, just, it just thinks about the fact that they don't have everything they need yet to fight those battles. Even as adults, sometimes we have to dig a little deeper when situations arise. But I want to plant a seed today. Maybe I'm watering a little tree that Brother Moore has already planted, and it's already grown a little bit. But I want to pour a little bit more water on it. And we can't expect our six- and seven-year-olds to fight the battles out there that are there because they don't have all the tools yet that they really need. And you can't help but be scarred a little bit along the way. Even if you make it, you're still tainted by the world and you still get dirty along the way. And so I want to plant a seed today and kind of give you a, a vision of a school where all of our children will be challenged in their academics and they will be successful in their core subjects. So number one, um, number one is their academics. And I say that besides, this is a school. This is not going to be a babysitting program. Um, this is going to be their, their schooling. And it's very, very important. Um, Student-led prayer. Student-led devotion. Now, this takes time to grow in your children. But student-led chapel services. Now, we won't be in here all the time, but a chapel service where your child, you know the kids that we beat off the platform every service after? <laughs> they will have an opportunity to sing or play the piano, hopefully, or play the drums eventually. These are the things that you have to plant and you have to water and, and nourish. But these are the things that we have in this vision. Um, prayerfully, learn to... Um, play an instrument or things like that, work in the altars. These children, they watch us, but until there's no more adults, sometimes they're, they feel like they're not, okay, well, they're getting it done. But when they start praying and they're the only ones to lay hands on their brother and sister, that's where the rubber meets the road and they feel like, okay, I'm important. Um, pray in the altars with each other, and they can experience the power of the Holy Ghost for themselves on a regular basis. Now, I am 100% with Brother Moore. I, if, if we have to, whatever we have to do, your children need to be in this service. I'm not for having a fun children's service every service. It is very important. They may think it's boring. I don't care. I mean, I'm speaking for mine. <laughs> Eventually, they will catch a hold of that vision and that they'll feel something along the way. There might be a few boring services to them in between, but they will eventually feel what we feel. Students being frequently a part of a larger apostolic body. We have connections with several, several, several apostolic families, apostolic schools that we could possibly create a circle of um, a community that we could meet up and have bigger events. 
And I'm not all about the fun necessarily, but those kinds of things are important. That's one of the main concerns is not getting socialized. That's, you know. Um, they will be given opportunities to be a part of our community and learn life skills. So some of our children, just being a part of school myself, there's things that are not being taught anymore. And a lot of things are just taught by conversation or showing them or being an example. Um, biblical principles broken down to a child's level where they can understand. There is a Bible class for each and every grade. Um, and we can build upon that. Independence and the importance of everyday consist consistency, prayer, and Bible reading. And all of these things we try to pour into our children when they get home from school every day and on the weekends in our Sunday school classes. But they go to those places and it depletes them. And then we try to build them back up. But these are things that we could pour into them every day, all day. It's not going to make them perfect, but it gives them a foundation. So we're not trying to paint the picture so beautiful that... Um, it's going to fix all the, all, the ants, all the problems, and they're still going to be kids. But it's going to give them an environment that promotes godly living instead of demeans it and makes them feel like I am the only one trying to do this. Um, along with giving them all the tools and academic opportunities to where even our, our college career, college-minded students can have dual enrollment. They can do all those things and be successful. And also our career-minded students, they will have all those opportunities also. Um, Proverbs 29, 18, I keep going back to that. Without a vision, the people perish. So we are step, we're putting a little feet on our faith. And whether this happens in the 24-25 school year or 27-28 or whatever, you have to start somewhere. So I pray that you get a hold of this burden and i tell you what I've been praying, um, besides for the financial side, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Keep your wallets out. Um, I've been praying for a very clear sound and direction. Um, there's a lot of confusion in this world, and there's a lot of voices, like Brother Moore said. You know, everybody's not getting the vision from God like they say they are, okay? And we know that. God's wisdom and knowledge, though, is beyond any, any man's opinion and it's not just my opinions or ideas and even brother moore would say that about himself throw those out the window we want this campus and i say that this these grounds to be used for what he wants them to be used for so brother andrew brother running will you put that on the screen um brother andrew might have to the little flyer so this is a flyer for the fall festival and if you look to the left at the bottom it says pie the preachers fundraiser so we're going to have a little fun. I got all their permission first. But we are going to, on, at the fall festival night, we're going to raise some money. So whoever raises the most money, you can hold this one. Show them the, show them. Whoever raises the most money, give it to Jolie or somebody, gets a pie in their face at fall festival. Now, Brother Ford thinks he's getting out of this, but he's not. He just so conveniently planned a vacation. But well, there's a lot more days after he gets back from vacation, just in case. So I'm going to start this off. Who's got Brother Brennan's bucket? Okay, I'm going to start this off with a big whopping. Hey, this hole is perfect for $100 bills. I cut it perfect. So now notice I didn't get little bitty buckets. Okay. This is a vision. This is not, okay. So I was just um, throwing that out there. So, Brennan. 
All right. Um, also, on top of that, anybody else want to go ahead and give this morning? Anybody see a face they'd like to have a pie in? But Sister Lori, come on up. <laughs> All right. So we have until the 25th. That is the Wednesday night before Fall Festival. So obviously you can't bring change dollar bills, whatever you'd like. So, Brother Brennan's already in the lead. Uh-oh. He's ready. He's already licking his lips back there. So, one more thing about the Fall Festival. I'm taking up time, Brother Ford. I've got your spirit on me. i got this lingering spirit here. Okay, the next thing. Um, on, the, on the right, it says a walk in the Word. One more thing. At the Fall Festival. So, the Fall Festival, I was just thinking, okay, we need a little refresh. We've done... Um, so we did this a couple years ago when Sister Mallory had got it together, and um, we're going to pull our vehicles, kind of, um, we're going to decorate the backs of our vehicles. So you have to decorate them to a story, a Bible story theme, though. So if you will get with me and think about, I've got pictures and ideas, y'all, on. you can look on Pinterest or something like that. There's tons out there. You know, Jonah and the whale, and you've got the teeth on the top of your, um, what is this thing in the back? Trunk lid? Yeah, whatever you want. And, you know, you hang the teeth down, and, you know, you could have somebody sitting in there, a freight person, and he's Jonah or whatever. So, um, lots of ideas. We're going to pull our vehicles. So, the kids actually have to walk through the story. Look at this. We need a drum roll. Oh. <laughs> Brother Ford, you may be safe. <laughs> All right. So, um, get with me on that. There is going to be a little competition, just a little first place. Who did the best job? Nothing fancy, but we're going to. Um, award for you for all of your work so we're excited these will be in the back you can give today anytime you come look at brother. Oh. <laughs> come on down now is the time okay <laughs> oh my goodness all right so are y'all excited or what Okay, all right, give these kids a hand, if y'all will, Brother Joshua. Thank you. Brother Brennan, since I'm the pastor, I tell you what, we're going to get to choose the pie, and we're going to get to choose who puts it in our face. How about that? Because you know what? If I get my wife to do it, she may do it at one spoonful at a time. <laughs> She's saying no, but I might can buy her off. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Let's let the classes go back. God bless you. Hey, them buckets right there is going to be high dollar. You see them faces on them buckets? Son. We can auction the bucket off and get the rest of it. <laughs> of course, they may want to put them in the gardens or something, but anyway. tell you this much though you 
talk to any, especially if apostolic people that's in the education, uh, they would strongly advise this. They really would. And uh, we're not just the only ones. I've heard of other churches that's trying to pursue the same thing. And uh, so there's many of them. And uh, you know the real reason is as much as anybody. Of, of, and, and it's going to get worse. Your government, they may not even realize what's going on. And, and, but, but they're going to use money to force certain doctrines, if I could put it that way, beliefs, and try to force them. And we already see it happening. Uh, this transgender stuff, everything, it's, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So exposing our children at such an early age to cause such confusion. Look how much, let me, let me say that. Look how much confusion is caused in the adults. <laughs> I mean, really. And uh, so to, to try to feed our kids out there to all of that, uh, God help us do different if we can. And that's all we do. We ask God to help us and amen to open the doors and give us the opportunity and uh, uh, you know what we've had some it's already volunteered that uh, they'll come on some days and help train and help instruct uh, these are just be special days that we'll take baby and uh, they come and help them with trade uh, brother Randy and brother Keith both have done volunteered to come and uh, give some instructions and just spend some time with them to help uh, and, and, and not just the young boys. Any of the girls would be interested in learning a little bit about that, how to do things at their own home. And so it, it can really grow into some, you know, some great things. And so we pray and ask God to help us. All right. Our lesson this morning, the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. Mark 4, 2 and 3. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, hearken Behold, there went out a sower to sow. The truth about God, God's word, will grow in the good ground of the heart. God's word will grow in the good ground. We're going to notice in this lesson this morning, it's not the seed. There's no problem with the seed. There's really no problem with this, this particular sower. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Amen. This particular sower. But the, the, the deal is going to be the soil. The soil. The response of the soil. And what the soil is willing and how willing it's willing to be worked with. Especially when it comes to God and to his word. You and I both know, because we're taught by the word, that our nature, and I'm talking to even the Holy Ghost-filled people, our nature is hostile against God. It's not in us. It's not in our nature to handle life, to walk in life the way God would like for us to. We lost that in the garden. And that's a part of the curse. So now we see the need of 
being born again. And that seed that's put into us. And to love it. And to allow the power of that seed to grow us. And to flow out of us. Truth about uh, for my life. I will hear and faithfully obey the word. I will hear and faithfully obey the word. You know, as we look into this lesson this morning, how many of us, if we would just be real honest, and I, I believe we would be, because I'm not asking for a response here necessarily, but... Um, you know, I, I can remember a time that um, we kind of went through a time, and, 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 and it may be still with some um, that, you know, when you got the Holy Ghost uh, from that moment, and it happens, it happens. Don't take this wrong, okay? But, but I believe anybody. Uh, have you ever seen anybody get the Holy Ghost and immediately they start taking things off and changing ways? Sure you have. But did they accomplish everything in just a few days, in a few weeks, possibly maybe in a few years? So you see what I'm trying to say? I think we've got to be a little more balanced with that. Sometimes I feel like that we're, we can be over. Come on, brother, and introduce our new guest this morning. Praise God. He texted me and said, hey, brother, we're coming. We're just running late. We know how it is. Man, you get that new addition. All right. Sister Tanner, we'll give that hand to you, too. You, you've done awesome. I think you surprised everybody. <laughs> Amen. God bless them. Amen. So, as, as we, um, there is a lot to this lesson. Uh, I could easily spend two hours on this lesson. Uh, there's, there's so many golden nuggets as we start looking at this and really observing uh, about the, the sower, the soil, the seed, uh, the whole works of it. Uh, there's, some, there's some answers in this. There's some great answers that's going to come out of this uh, to help us understand why some, some that uh, maybe claim the Holy Ghost, uh, and I'm not talking about here, I'm talking about people that uh, don't even, it's not even on the foundations, that don't even go to places that, that preach or practice the foundation, but yet they claim certain things, okay? Um, and and the, the real deal is, it's all about the soil, which is the heart, which is the heart. Amen. So, so as we open our hearts up, amen, to the word of God and to allow it to work, not just, just in one night, not just to feel good. God bless you, good couple. It's good to see y'all this morning. Good to see you in the house of God. Amen. Appreciate you coming. So, as we look at this, 
the power of the word of God. But here's, here's what I've realized, especially of this lesson. It's the willingness of the soil to be continually. How many of you feel like God's still working on you? Amen. And, and, and some of us has lived for God and, and been, you know, been introduced to this truth. Some of you all of your life. Some of us, you know, since 40 years, 50 years. But God's still working on us. We're still amazed sometimes as we study the word of God, as we open our heart up, have an ear to hear what Revelation told all seven churches. They had to have an ear to hear what the Spirit had to say unto that church. Now, we can break it right on down. We got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to us as an individual. Okay? It's very important. And then, not only have an ear to hear it, but have such a love and a, a respect of trusting that voice. Now, there's been a lot said about a voice here in the last few months, especially about many voices. And, and we, we know that through technology, man, that introduced us to so many voices of our day and time and generation now. Of opinions and ideas. And I'm not talking about just out in the world. I'm talking about using the Bible, the Word of God. But we know that the Bible's taught us that God is not the author of confusion. So if there is confusion, it's got to come from some other place. It's not going to be from the scriptures and it's not going to be from God. So it's got to be from but you and I. How many of you know the scriptures taught us to keep your heart? You and I as individuals are responsible for our own hearts. When you get down to it, what you give yourself to, what you yield yourself. Paul's writings talks about that. Amen. What we yield our members unto individually, but yet even collectively. Amen. We see this happening. So could it be that the reason we're seeing such shifts at times, even of, of religious and, and denominal worlds and, and, and in itself, amen, is because... If, if when you get certain members and they begin to believe certain doctrines or yield unto them and they find positions and places, they find the place and the position to shift the whole, the whole congregation or, let me break it back down, to a family, to a congregation, to a complete organization. And what that What's unfolding here is the soil. Allowing the word of God to do the work in the soil. How many of us could say this morning that we come with the perfect soil? That good soil. That God didn't have to work on it. God didn't have to take anything out of it. How many can say this morning that even after your conversion, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the experience of God, that there wasn't times that since that time that God had to send the gardener back to the garden, pull out the hole, and dig something out. 
In fact, the sooner he can do that, the better off we are. Any gardener knows that. You don't wait till the coffee weeds get. It's a little too late. <laughs> Harvest is probably done past. Are you catching what I'm saying? So the sooner the better. I tell you now, this, this lesson, if you really, if you really, if you read it, if you studied it, if you done anything, even very, the very connection, amen, when it talked about, amen, Annie Sullivan and her ability to finally connect, amen, tried to find a way of connection, amen, because, because of blindness and because she, her, her, her student, amen, amen, Helen Keller was deaf and blind and, and so become very frustrated. And we understand that, really, we understand that. But whenever she reached that point and reached that place of putting in her college and on, her, on a one-on-one basis and she was able to take her, amen, and then begin to take when she took her outside, and I'm, I'm not going to the whole thing, but took her outside to the well water and put that water on her and then wrote, amen, because letters she didn't have a problem. She could write them in the palm of her hand and she learned them and learned them pretty quick. But when it came to words, she began to struggle and she couldn't quite grasp it. So when she took her outside and poured that water on her hand and she connected that with the writing of the word water, amen, light come on. And in that day, she learned over 30 different terms or sentences or, 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 or things in, in her time because then immediately after that water's rolling and she made that connection, she kneels down and pats the earth and pats the ground or the dirt, amen. And she writes in her hand that it's dirt or earth. I don't know really what she wrote. She didn't say. But so that connection was made. So here's the deal. Here's what, who are we trying to connect with? When it's all said and done, individually, we're all trying to connect with God. And so that's the reason God robed himself. That's the reason God gave us his word. That's the reason God promised us his spirit. All of these amens is avenues, amen, to make this connection between us and our creator. He's the one that formed us. He's the one that created us. We don't believe in this slang business. We don't believe in this evolution stuff. We believe that God spoke it all into it. We believe, amen, by the word of God, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. And so you and I in his image and life, that's the reason we believe in man and woman. We don't believe in some of this, you know, in-between stuff. No, we don't believe in all that because God in the beginning created one man and one woman. Breathe of their nostrils come the living souls. And so... God, amen, in this, in this companionship and fellowship and relationship, in the place of cohabitation. That's where it all starts. It all comes, you know, it, it was a process. The beginning of it was in the garden. And because of disobedience, amen, amen, and because of a, a, the devil, and because he had the power to deceive and to twist and distort the words of God. Now those words weren't written down, but they was gave to Adam, and Adam gave them to Amen to Eve. And we don't know the fullness of that, just how much, but to the point that she knew not to partake of that tree, and, and to the point of not even touching that, even though that wasn't a part of the original. Amen. And then there's ideas about that. But but see again, as we watch this, that's what it was all about. So that fellowship was broken. Amen. From that point on, that fellowship was broken. And then after that, it took four thousand years. And if you come to the New Testament, and we, we read about now that we got the Holy Ghost and the, the seed, the seed which is the word of God. And so in this parable, as the Lord Himself uh, uses parables. Amen. Parables to instruct us to guide us and you know what you hardly ever hear why he used parables 
But the scriptures lets us know today as we read it, especially if you went to Matthew, the 13th chapter, and read the same parables and the same setting that takes place. And so for time's sake, I won't go and all of that. And so, but if you go back there, and even with Mark, the fourth chapter, you're going to see prior to this, just prior to this, he begins to talk about these parables and use these parables and begin to, amen. There were several, six, seven, eight, nine, I can't remember exactly how many there was, but in Matthew, the 13th chapter, and he goes in line. It's all about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, amen. But just prior to that, you're going to see where he was accused of his kingdomship and power and authority and that he was accused of, of doing it through the devil, and so he's in the house. And you're going to see why he was in that house. And then this discussion went on. His own Mary and his brothers come up. And he tells them. He says uh, as they bring word to him that they're outside and want to speak to him. And he's, he lets them know that, hey, my, my mother, my brothers and sisters, uh, amen, of you. It's like, amen. And then he comes out of there. And then from there he begins to talk about these parables. And, and, and there's a lot to that. Because if you go back and read all of that, you're going to notice that this is where he's also instructed us that anybody that blasphemes against the Holy Ghost. In that setting, that's where it's laid down. And the reason that's so severe is because he was being accused of casting out devils by the devil. He talks about the kingdom that's divided, cannot stand. Talks about the family, the nations. He brings it all right on down. And so, now we're seeing why it's so important to have unity. The power of unity. We, we, we understand that. So, I, I don't get on all that. But, but as we watch this. So, when you begin to look at parables, it is actually, a parable is something that's, that's, that, you, that he's trying to maybe to enlighten us, to instruct us about. It's something most of the time, a lot of time, that's spiritual. But yet, he's going to use a parable that something can be laid down beside or likened unto something that you and I can relate to. And so even in this first parable that Jesus Christ himself, you, he knew, everybody knew about a farmer. He, they knew something about sowing. Or they knew something about reaping. They knew they had an idea. They knew how important it was and amen and hey I'm all for I, I tell people all the time when we talk about uh, the farmer amen giving him all the breaks he can get I mean he needs all the breaks he can get amen come on if anybody wants the farmers to be successful it ought to be you and I thank God for farmers amen we'd be in trouble if we didn't have farmers and those that plant amen especially when they do it for a living and the quantity that they planted in amen for survival in fact if you've been listening and paying attention to this drought and everything is going on there's very great concern and we was informed this past week that coffee's going up up. And other things are going up because of some of all this. Amen. Because they don't have as much of it. So, you know, some of us may have to pay $10 for that cup of coffee as some of our tea drinkers, amen, pay for theirs. <laughs> Praise God. All right. I'm just going on here. Amen. But it's true. I mean, it may happen. I don't know. But anyway, because of the farmers and the, 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 that ain't the only thing. You know, farmers, amen, they don't go to casinos, but they sure, sure not far from it. What do you mean by that? It's a gamble. They got to depend on God. Because there's, you know what? They don't have a switch to control the water. Now they're trying to through irrigation and things of this nature. But God can shut all that down. You know, because we depend on God to get the water out of the ground to, to do the irrigation. And if God didn't put that water down there, 
amen, and give us the ability. We would never, you see what I'm saying? He could shut all that down. I mean, he can shut all the power down. How are you going to get the water? No, say he can't shut it down. I promise you he can. We find out God can do a lot of things. When God gets ready, amen, God can shut this thing down. But, but you know, and so as we, we watch this with the sowers, we begin to really pay attention, amen, of sowing the seed, planting the seed and, and putting it out. And, and all of us are sowers, okay? Now, in the parable, we understand, especially from Matthew's writing, it's the Son of God that's called the sower. He's the one that's coming. And he's the one that's going to actually, he's the one that's, but, but you and I is, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit because it falls right back into Wednesday night, carries us right back to Romans 10th chapter about a preacher and how, how can they be saved. I mean, how can they be saved unless they can hear? And how can they hear without a preacher? How can he preach unless he sin? And what, so let's take it a little further. That's what the Holy Ghost in Acts 1 and 8 is all about. To make us what? Witnesses of what? Of a, of a kingdom. Of a power. Of a, of a savior. Amen. Of a deliverer. No, I can't personally do it on my own powers and ability. But I know one that can. I know one that delivered me. I know one that's helped me. So this is the one I want to introduce you. And that's what this is all about. None of us is per se by ourselves. You know, is, is the God of the liberator, the liver. I believe we're gifted. I believe we're called. I believe we're anointed. I believe God has gifted the church itself. Amen. When you talk about the nine gifts, amen, the fivefold ministry, I'm telling you the church is to be, amen, ought to be, amen, when we walk in the Holy Ghost and we walk in the will of God and keep His commandments and obedience unto His word and to the Spirit of God. I believe we are a force, amen, that cannot be right, be contented with. I don't believe the devil can handle it. I don't believe hell can handle it. I don't believe wickedness in the generation that we're living in. I see I believe the church has the more than enough power, amen, to liberate and deliver every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl that wants to be delivered. Jesus Christ showed us in three and a half years the power of the true ministry, the power of who he was. The lunatics would come running to him and find deliverance, amen. Their death didn't bother him. It didn't matter if they'd just been dead a few minutes or if they was on their way to a grave or if they'd been in a grave for four years or four years for four days. It didn't make any difference. You see what I'm trying to tell us? All this is the seed. All this is the word of God. You and I are part of, if we believe this. Now, we got to be believers. We got to be willing to cure. And we got to be willing to not only to be a hearer. The lesson winds up with that in James' writings. You can't just be a hearer, you got to be a doer. Amen. That's, that, it's a must, it's not an option. If we're going to be what God wants us to be, if we're going to accomplish what God wants us to as individuals or as a church, We've got to be doers. We've got to be doers. So, as you look back and we look at parables, it's a place beside or, or comparison. Amen. It's, it's an illustration that you and I are familiar with. That we can connect the dots. That we can understand what is being taught. What is being delivered unto us. Amen. And, and so, the purpose. What is the purpose of parable? It is to show truth to those that hunger and are willing to accept it. That's what a parable is all about. And I'm, I'm going to give you some scriptures for it as we go on here. That's the reason it was written the way it was and delivered to a man. It was so, now watch this. Amen. Then whenever you look, amen, the analogy of it is to hide truth from those with hardened hearts. Amen. Who, who rejected truth or didn't have a love for it. We're, we're, we're warned later on in Paul's writings, the reason some fell away is because they had not a love for truth. 
You gotta love truth. You gotta love it. Is it's the light? Is it's revealed unto you? And we've all been there, both in the natural and even in the spiritual. We've been there. Uh, maybe some certain things going on, and and all of a sudden, whenever you finally come to the truth of it, you gotta face it. Now you can either reject it or receive it. That may be about yourself, or it may be about somebody else. But you know what? Regardless if I believe it or not, it's still truth. My personal beliefs does not have the power to change the truth about a situation. I'll use my own family for example. My son or daughter done something that was just hideous. And every parent would first want to say, not my kid. Hey, I've heard them talk about it. I've heard them talk about, you know, hey, man, these cameras and school buses. We've got cameras. We've got cameras here and there. And actually bring parents in and say, well, look at this. Whose kid is that? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> that ain't mine. Well, you got a twin somewhere. In fact, that was the one that got in your car yesterday. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we, you and I can deny it if we want to. We can pull the wool over our faces. But I'm going to tell you something. The truth of the situation is still there. And that's the same way it is with God. Our personal beliefs or don't believe does not change truth or God. Neither does it change the power to liberate and deliver. Just because it didn't work for this and don't mean it won't work for you. But it hinges upon the heart. It hinges upon the soil. And the thirst and the hunger of that heart or the soil. Okay. So, as you look at this, it talks about the first part of it, the responsibility to sow. And uh, I, I don't know if I have enough time to just to deal with, with all of this. But, uh, so we're just going to go through some scriptures and do our best here. Amen. Some of this. And so, the beginning of it starts Mark 4 14. The sower soweth what? The word. The word. Amen. The power of that word. And, and then the Mark 4 and 3 talks about hark and behold, there went out a sower to sow. But when you look at Matthew 13 and 37, he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed. Now, watch this. We're going to get a better understanding who was doing the sowing and, and the good seed. So when you go to Matthew, the 13th chapter, and this is a, uh, another parable yet, but it falls right in line, right behind with this one, okay? And so he says, who that sows a good seed is what is the son of man? The field is the world. That's the field that they're sowing in. Boy, I'll tell you what. You know what? That releases you and I of, of, of choosing what soil to sow the seed on. Because each and every one of us is a testimony of the power of the seed, not the soil. All the soil's got to do is have an ear and be willing. That's what the soil's got to do. Okay. Do I have the power to give you the Holy Ghost? But I have the power to preach the gospel. And the good tidings and the good news and truth to you. But you've got to have the ears to hear it. And the heart to believe it. And not only a heart to believe it, but a heart to understand it. Because the biggest problem we have out of this right here is most people don't have a true understanding of it. You can't use your own intellects 
or education or depend on all to men's traditions. Well, I'm going to touch some areas here now. I don't care how good grandma and grandpa was and great grandma and great grandpa, and I don't care what all they've done. You can't depend on that. You've got to let the word of God be the word of God. And the word of God's right regardless of any and everything else. It's always right. And that's what you and, I, you and I have to reach that point in place. Because it is the seed. It is the seed. Amen. That's being, that's being broadcast. Watch this. How many ever heard the word broadcast? Why do you think Hollywood had such an effect upon our nation? Because their ability of using technology. Not for the good, but for the bad. Because of the prince of the air. And what he broadcast. And he doesn't mind one bit to broadcast it in your family. He don't care how many generations you've been Pentecost. That don't intimidate him one bit. And if he can get the opportunity... He's going to sow the seed. And it may be through a screen as big as my hand. Are you hearing me? But now let's turn that around. Why can't God do the same thing? Why, we can't, why, why don't we take? Especially if we're going to be adults. Now watch this. Sister Mel mentioned about we don't send the boy scouts, right? But that don't mean we, go, we don't go to war. We don't send nobody. God's in the business of sending us. God's in the business, amen, of operating through us. God, God wants some laborers. Pray for the laborers. That's what we need. We need some laborers. It's willing to go out in the field. and willing to sow the seed and broadcast it and now, now, can I say this? If you read the rest of them in other parables, you're going to notice that some of them's likened unto a net. A net that's broadcast, that's thrown. And in that net, there's many that's caught and pulled in. But it doesn't stop there. A lot of people has the idea and the opinion that, you know, just because I'm this or that, I go, amen, that I'm automatically, that ain't, no. If you read the completion of that parable, and when he brought them in, the good is set aside, but the bad is cast away. Everything that was caught in the net wasn't good. But there's also times, amen, when he sends an individual out and sends him and said, I want you to take a hook. You're after one particular fish. There's times that he allows a man to be in a city and a man and they have revival left and right and folks is getting the Holy Ghost and then he sends him on, a, on out in a wilderness. Out in a roadway to catch one fish. You understand what I'm saying? So now we begin to understand the importance of the sower. Amen. And being led by the Spirit of God. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. There's seasons and times. Good farmers, they got season to do certain things. They don't plant corn in November.
okay? So, so we watch this. Psalms 1, uh, Psalms 126 and 6, I'm sorry. He that goeth forth and weepeth. The verse 5 actually before that talks about they that sow in tears shall weep in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bringeth precious seed. Hey, I'm asking God to work on me about this one right here. This one right here. Come broken. Come stirred about our world, about our community. Come broken in a way, in a manner that uh, life wouldn't be, we wouldn't live life so comfortable knowing the condition of a neighbor, a friend, or maybe even an enemy. That if they left this world now, they would be lost and undone. So sometimes it's that brokenness. And, and, you know, sometimes individuals have to come on their own. The prodigal son had to come back on his own. But there's other times where four help ushered in one into the presence of God. So that's, that's how this works. That's how it comes together. That's how it's, it brings about. Proverbs 11, 18 talks about the wicked... Worketh for a deceitful word. But to him that soweth the righteous shall be what? A sure reward. The, the, the seed that we're sowing. The, 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 what's in the heart of the individual. The mind. Amen. I, 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 I'm going to say this. and Nobody take it wrong. Okay. Nobody. But uh, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not real fond. I, 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 don't, I don't get glory. Okay. Can I say it this way? Man, if, if, if somebody says, man, you skinned me, I'm not out to skin you. But I am out to put the seed of the word of God in your heart. I'm out, amen, to say, hey, hey, we're headed in the wrong direction. You're headed in the wrong, you're headed in the wrong, you're, you're turning wrong. I'm not out to kill you. I'm not out to even offend you or hurt your feelings. I'm not out to do any of that. But, oh, God, we've got to hear the word of God like we've never heard it. We've got to get some old-fashioned conviction back in our services. Old-fashioned, all the way we've got to do that. You've got to get back the real word of God, the power thereof. Work, work among us. Amen. Because that's, that's what it's about, uh, and I'm going to pull this scripture, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, and it talks about, and I know it's talking about finances here and offerings. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church, taking up that collection before he gets there and takes it back to the home church. But, but if, if you sparingly sow, if you just, you know, you can't, the farmer doesn't go, and, you know, he don't go out to measure his field and it's 10 acres. How many bushels does it take? 125. Per acre. How many bushes does it take to plant it? Wow. A half a bushel. Well, I'll tell you what. Next year, if I was you, I'd have a lot of faith. And I'd put about an eighth of that bushel out there and pray over it and say, God bless it. Yeah. And so, watch that now. That's the same way God feels about some of us spiritually. I ain't being ugly. I'm just... Same principle. There is a certain amount, you know, and I know God can do anything and can do everything, but get God. Amen. Why? Because it comes back to the hearer. It comes back to the soil. When the soil rejects truth and refuses, amen, to get that stony part out. 
fullness of truth cannot develop and perform us. And so you know what we start doing? Me and the man upstairs got it worked out. I don't have to do that. What exempts us? If the word of God convicts us and taught against it, what, it, what word did we get as a generation? As a, and I'm talking in general here of all of us in the nation, amen, of the world around. How did we get to the place that we think that we could just override it? It deals with the soil. It deals with the heart. It deals, amen, the willingness of it. Amen. To open up every chamber of the heart. You know, if, if some way, to, even this morning probably, if all of us, and I included, could somehow put our heart, amen, and start saying, okay, the chambers, have we let God in every chamber of the heart? You see, you've got to guard the heart. Why? Fiery darts. Sometimes it could be just a few words. But if we don't deal with it, just let it stay. Fester up. We may not even tell nobody. We just we try to pray over it. We try to do this and whatever. But we're unwilling to change there. Or it may be something we have a passion for. Okay. We're, we're talking about, hey, this parable is going to back up all this I'm talking about now. Because the soil. Okay, the first one. Let's go to it just for time's sake here. Okay. He goes and he's casting. And the first, some of it went on what? The wayside. The wayside, if you do a study on that, and, and one of the, it taught that it was a place where they walked. I guess at the fields or whatever, and they walked this certain, certain area. It's kind of like some of these big fields they got with these thousands of acres, and they got roads through some of them. When they broadcast, buddy, they, those seeds fall on that roadway, right? Because it's a roadway and it's not plowed up. And it's hard. It's like throwing seed out here on this cement. Amen. It's hard and it's cold. There's no, can't penetrate. And then it says that the fowls of the air are coming. And they scoop it up before the word of God. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It just didn't let it stay long enough. Now watch that one. Amen. That's the reason it's so important. Amen. Not to sit in the house of God for an hour to hear the teaching and preaching of the word of God. And you can't remember it five minutes when you leave here. That's the enemy. Because you know what? He doesn't want it to penetrate. He didn't want it to affect you. He, he, he knows better than we do. The power of the seed. The power of the word of God to change us. And so, so now watch this. Where men walked. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm drive something home there. Sometimes people have walked on our hearts. Sometimes people have stepped on us. Sometimes we just we didn't feel like we was done right. The wayside. We've all been there. One, one area or another. Loved ones, friends, neighbors, whoever, whatever. In fact, Proverbs taught us a man that doesn't offend nobody with words. And he's something else, ain't he? He's a wise man. If he doesn't do that. It's the reason to watch this. Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. The offending cure of the word of God is to keep from stumbling over it. The Bible says that they didn't believe in it. They stumbled over the stone. The very stone, the chief cornerstone that saves us, others stumble over it. Praise God. So, 
So we're to go where? Into all the world. He said unto him, go into all the world in Mark 16 and 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now none of us wants to be called a creature, but, <laughs> but that pretty well covers it, doesn't Every living soul, preach the gospel. Amen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. It doesn't matter if he's baptized or not. A non-believer, you can baptize them every day. It won't, it won't change nothing. It's all in believing. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following a man. So notice the last verse. I read all that to get to the last one. So they went forth, what? Preached everywhere man they would go to the synagogues they would go to the home now if you remember during the ministry of jesus christ they would actually was limited don't go to the gentiles just go to the israelites but now after they are pentecost man now we're going to open it up to everybody and it didn't just happen immediately it took a little time didn't it, it took a vision to God working, amen, to get that seed cast, amen, even to the, to the Gentiles in Acts the 10th chapter. But it, it finally unfolded, it finally took place, even to the point, amen, that Paul had to be called in. And now we call Paul, amen, Peter was the apostle unto the Israelites and to the Jews, amen, to those that were circumcised. But Paul, amen, became a disciple, an apostle unto the Gentiles, the uncircumcised. So we see how, how it all works and as being a vessel of God and to, to be used, amen, in the calling of the election that God puts us in. And, and I won't do it, but we could have went to Romans, so the 10th chapter, and talk about that. But, but, but I mentioned on it Wednesday night, the importance of preaching, I mentioned it here. But go to Galatians 6 and 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate or share with, is what he's saying, unto him that teaches in all good things. A man sharing blessing. In other words, when, he, when you're taught and you receive the word of God, the instructions. Now watch this. The next few verses is the one that's important here. Be not deceived. Don't be misled. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatever a man soweth. Everybody is sowing. No one's exempt. You're sowing one, something, some form, some type of seed. An influence, a spirit, an attitude, you're sowing it. Your life, your conduct, man, everybody, no one's exempt. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, notice the word spirit. Capitalize. It's not my spirit, not with a small case in it, but so up to the spirit, the Jehovah, the Holy Ghost. Amen. So what? Reap life everlasting. Amen. So, so this is what I got to yield myself. This is what I got to submit to. Amen. It's his spirit. This is what I've got to sow. Amen. If I just sow to myself or on myself or the flesh itself. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. Don't give up. Don't quit. Man, you just keep sowing it. Well, I don't see much. You just keep sowing it. 
by faith and you just keep on. Amen. Just because everybody. Now, now think about it. Amen. Watch this. The Bible says often through the three and a half years of the ministry of Jesus Christ that multitudes and great multitudes followed him. Am I right? How many was, approximately how many was in the upper room? 120 out of that great multitude. Okay? So don't let some of that, you know, Oh, we hope to pray because Jesus Christ himself taught us about the wheat falling on the ground. And thank God when you look at it from that point, amen, multitudes is going to be born again. Like Brother Jerry talks about, amen, half a bushel, amen, produced 125 bushels. And that's pretty good odds. How I many of you would like to invest 50 cents and make $124.50 off of it? Man, what, where's that investment at? I got a few 50 cents I can invest. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. Folks, this is the greatest thing you're ever going to invest in. Your time and effort and energies and things of that nature. And why we've allowed a nation around us and the spirit of the world to bombard us and try to make light of us going to the house of God as regular as we go to the house of God. Folks, I'm telling you, this is the only thing that's going to amount to anything. All the rest of it is going to be sinking sand. Everything else is going to burn up. Only his word is going to outlast everything else. Amen. It's his word. Amen. Living for God and serving God. This is the greatest thing. Our song started out this morning. Amen. I'm just, isn't it a joy just to be back in the house of God? Isn't it great to be back in the presence of God? Man, this is the best thing that's happened to me. I mean, I'm glad to be here this morning, man. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I told some of you, if you get a ticket, I hope you get it coming to church. To be early, not to late, though. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'd much rather you get a ticket on your way to coming to church. Oh, you're in a hurry to get here. Amen. Than going, oh, I won't name no other places. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm excited about coming to the house of God. I'm excited about being among God. But most importantly, I'm excited about being in God's presence. and See what God's going to do among us and for us. And it's not just about me. But for I get joy out of seeing others blessed. Because this God's going to bless us. I mean, he's got a big table spread. And he's got every need supplied. Amen. He's a healer. He's a mender. He's a way maker. He's the one that can inspire me. He's the one that can strengthen me. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. I can endure this and deal with this situation that I'm in. But the of God by the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to find help there. Amen. I may not can find it at other places and doctors, but I can find the help from God that I can't find in the other place. He may not totally heal me and deliver me, but he'll strengthen me to endure it. I don't have to get crazy. I don't have to get off in, in some far off or something. No. Man, I can stay committed and dedicated and live for God. Keep a sound mind. Keep a healthy mind. Keep my mind right. Amen. By God's help and by God's touch. And none of us likes pain or any of those things. I understand that. We, we understand that today. First Timothy 6 and 3 talks about, if any man teach otherwise, now watch him, he's going to talk about otherwise, other doctrines or things of this nature. And consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrines which is according to godliness. Now, folks, I know, I know we live in a world today, nobody wants to be judged. I understand all that. But Jesus said, judge the tree by the fruit it bears. And right here, amen, the words of God, the gospel itself, all of his doctrines and instructions, it's going to lead us to godliness. 
It's going to bring us out of the world. It's going to bring us into that light. And thank God. Watch it. God's long-suffering. He's merciful. Amen. He's willing to work with us. Thank God he's willing to work with us. Amen. To work on trying to get those stones out. I take you to Isaiah, the fifth chapter. And it's a great example, amen, of the vineyard. And it's a great place where he talks about that God, talking about his beloved, talking about Israel and how that he put forth the effort. Now watch this. The ground wasn't perfect. Amen. But he fences in. And then he goes and he takes the stones out of it. And he plants it with the good seed of the vineyards. But out of that vineyard, he talks about the wild, the wild, uh, 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 Grapes, amen, it came forth out of that. Amen, it was corrupt. Amen, but, but the, he wasn't to be blamed. He goes on, he questions him about it. Is God to be blamed? God done everything he do. Now, help us understand that. God done everything that needed to be done. When he came and robed himself and died on that cross, we was Gentiles that didn't have no access to God. We weren't part of the promise. We weren't a part, amen, of the hope. We weren't a part, amen, of the covenant. But now, through Jesus Christ, that, that wall was rent. That wall was tore down. Amen, that division, amen. Now, he wanted Jews and Gentiles alike to come and worship him and magnify him and enjoy his fellowship. Thank God, amen. We got more working for us than against us. We shouldn't allow things to separate us and divide us. We ought to be doing everything we can to pull together in the goodness and the mercy and the powers of the Lord. Willing to work with people, willing to help people. He goes on, talks about, Peter talks about the newborns. Newborns desiring what? Milk. You know, you got a problem when you got a, got a newborn baby that don't like milk. Man, man, it's troubles in the house. You've got to come up with other remedies and means of that nature. And it's a battle. It's a fight. Man, man, but you've got a baby that loves milk. I love them babies that loves milk and water. That's right. I don't try to introduce them to social drinks and teas and all that other. You do what you want to. That's your business. You get them hopped up on teas. and <laughs> Well, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth, though. Best thing you can do for babies, amen, to keep them on, on water and milk as long as you can. Well, that's funny. The older we get, we're prone to go back to it. But most of them, they like water. Go back to it. I ain't saying drink water only. I'm just trying to. Y'all can erase that if you want to. Take that off. The... <laughs> Praise God. Then he begins to talk about a man in the, in the lesson. He begins to talk about amen, things that have to be taken out of a heart. Envy, strife, bitterness, jealousy. Amen. Amen. We got to forgive. He talks about that. We must forgive. Amen. For our Heavenly Father to forgive us, we must forgive. All of this is dealing with the stony parts of the heart. Amen. It's got to be taken. And again, let's go back to that parable. Who come at the nighttime? And I know I didn't finish that in Matthew, the third chapter, but just let me address it. Amen. When he talked about it at the nighttime, amen, the enemy come in and sowed what? The seeds of tares. Amen. They questioned him. Now, watch this. They couldn't tell the difference between the wheat and tares for the longest. I mean, they done up. But it's until, until the time it's supposed to produce the grain. Then you can realize, say, hey, what's going on here? What, what's happened? And they go to the master and say, was they not good seed? He said, oh, yeah. He said, we planted with good seed. He said, the enemy come at nighttime and sowed the seeds of tares. Man, and he leads it. And so that's the same way as we watch all of this. If you look at it as a whole, that's what the enemy's done. He's done his best, amen, to plant, put those seeds and, and call it religion. He's even gave them the handle of being a Christian. 
But the real grain, amen, the real the grain bearing of it, amen, is what? The nine fruits of the Spirit of God and to be a Christian, amen, is long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, faith, joy, and peace. I mean, these, these are commodities, amen, that we, you and I just don't house on our own. We don't develop them on our own. we got to have some help. we got to have some help. Anybody, you know, you, you, know, you don't have no problem with patience. You don't have no problems being long-suffering. You don't have no problems being kind and gentle. Amen. When they cussing you out and slapping you around. And, and I'm just using these as terms. Amen. Man, they, they got your meal wrong. How about that one? One extreme to the other. You see, you don't have no problem. No, yes, we do. That's the reason the Holy Ghost. That's, that's because those are ingrained. That's what we were sold out to. And that's what we got to overcome and keep it under control. Amen. To talk about, you know, anyway, I'm going to move on. Get yourself in trouble here. When you do go back to Matthew 13 chapter, and I want to use a portion of that. Uh, I'd love to just use all of it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do because of the time I'm going to do this. Let's just go to Mark 4, Mark 4 and 1 through 25. Let's just go, let's go through the process of it and just, just, just see what happens here. Now, I know I'm at the stony ground, so I'm going to drop down. He says when he talks about the stony ground when it was much earth because not much earth, no depthness to it. Amen. You ever try to go and plant something? Uh, I can give an example at my house where I, I built a birth in the old road where it went around that tree. Amen. And so it kind of cut in, but we, we winded up a little bit. So we decided, hey, we're going to go out there and plant something. Well, when we did, amen, it was, we had to dig through gravel and that red dirt, and you almost had to get the pick out, and it took forever to dig it. And, and uh, you know, on one side, it wasn't quite as bad. On that side, that plant survived. But the one on the other side, where that gravel was at and that hard dirt was at and all this other, it didn't survive. And, and you know what? We begin to notice in the yard here lately that there's a few of the plants, amen, is beginning to get where they're not surviving. You know why? Because of lack of moisture. But those is planted in places where their roots can get down deeper and pull out some moisture, amen, out of that ground from even from beneath. They can survive. It may not be enough to strive on, but it's enough to survive on. And so when you look at this and he talks about the stony ground and there's no depthness, amen, when he talks about it here. As he moves on, when you look at... Um, Some fell on those stony grounds which had no, not much earth, but immediately they sprang up, became as had no depth of earth to them. Now watch, if you move on to that, watch this. When you go into the Word of God, they begin to be offended by the Word of God. And then those offenses, amen, they'll lead them, if they're not careful, it'll lead them to a place that they'll even come to a place, amen, of murder and destroying. And I don't have time to go into all the scriptures, but that's what it's talking about. That's the reason it's so important, amen, to dig down, amen, in the Word of God or allow the word of God to dig down into us and break up that fallow ground. Break up those areas, amen, that the world and, and maybe even people has called such a hardness and maybe a possibly a bitterness. But the word of God has the power to break that up. Amen. I mean, you remember what someone was talking about a few months ago. Kidney stones and some that were so big, they would go in and they would bust them. You know why? Because it was impossible to pass them. And so they would go in and bust them and they break them up small enough that they was able and they wouldn't 
hear the pain of the, and the, the, the aggravation. So God does the same thing with the word of God and the power of his spirit in our own personal lives and in lives of others. If you allow the working of the word of God, one place it's light and two, it's a hammer. What's that hammer for? Amen. It breaks up that, those stony places. Amen. So you can pass them. So you can, you can get them released out of your spirit and released out of your heart. They won't dominate you. They won't control you. Because if you and I don't get them out of our hearts and get them out of our spirit. Amen. The word of God is as powerful as it is. The seed, amen, does not have the power to reach in there. Amen. So when drought times are going to come and they're going to come. See, that's what it, we all got to understand. Whenever Jesus gave us the parable talking about the man that dug down and built on the stone, the storm comes to both. Doesn't matter if you build on sand or if you build on the, on the rock. The storms are going to come to both. You're going to experience them in life. It's going to be heartaches and difficulties. Amen. Families are going to do crazy things. The world's going to do crazy things. No, we're not exempt. Amen. We're not taken out of this world. And this world's not fixed. That's going to happen. It's going to happen in the millennium. But until then, you and I have got to deal with this world. How are we going to do that? By the seed of the word of God. Amen. It's anchored into our minds and our hearts and our spirits. We're going to find our help. Amen. Out of the word of God. We're going to find our joy out of the word of God. We're going to find direction. We're going to find, amen, that's going to comfort us and help us and sustain us. Amen. Through these trials. This is what we want to produce out of us. So the only way that can happen, the soil has got to be worked with. The soil. My own heart, my own mind, my spirit. Got to let God work with it with the word. That's the reason we got to have church. So you got to come to the house of God on a daily or a regular basis. You got to take out time. In fact, on a daily, daily bread. Read it every day. Pray over it. Say, God, leave me today. I don't want just random. And there's nothing wrong if you want to start from one cover and go to the other. But, but there ought to also be times that, God, talk to me today out of your word. God, you know what I need better than I do. You know what's hidden. And what's, what's laying under the surfaces. You know what's going to happen two days from now and four days from now or whenever. And God, you can prepare me with your word. You can prepare me, amen, to respond to it, to deal with it, to handle it. Amen. To, to, that's what it's all about. And so the word of God begins to work in that way. He moves on. He talks about, as he talks about after the stony ground, he likens, amen, because he talks about the sun when it come up, it scorched it. Uh, because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Choked, what did it choke? It choked the word of God. If you go on through this, and, and the disciples, if you notice, and I know my times, but if you notice, amen, that when he gets there, I'm, I'm going to do this. I want to bring something to your attention. I, I thought was, uh, I really hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it. She's just having a, she's all right. Huh. Oh, I thought I marked it. Anyway, it was part of the scriptures of this parable, and it's after it was given, and they get along with Jesus. And, and it wasn't just them, but if you read the scriptures close enough, it talked about how that even others, amen, and they asked Jesus, amen, about the parable, understanding the parable. And uh, it was the disciples and those that, that came with him, that followed him. Where others didn't, they did. And he was able to expound 
was able to relate to them what this parable was all about. I'm going to tell you something. If we're going to make this journey, it's because we're going to fall in love with God. And nothing or nobody's going to ever run us off. I'm going to make up in my mind and heart and spirit, nobody's going to make me backslide. God's been good to me. Jesus has been faithful to me. Just because an individual may have a bad day, or maybe it's just a test for me to see whether or not I'm really going to love him or not, if I'm going to serve him or not, if I'm going to be committed. Just because something doesn't go the way I wanted it to in life and, and to unfold and, and whatever it might be. And I'm not trying to cast on. I'm just telling hey, it's life. Come on. Everybody in here could be a witness. Everything went the way you wanted to in life. I mean, has everything just been a, a bed of roses and you ain't had no problems, no heartaches? I, I bet you if most of us, be honest, we've had as many bad days and maybe more bad days than we have good days. The only reason it made those bad days not so bad is because we had the one with us. That's the author and finisher that never leave us nor forsake us. And we held on to that. Amen. So, so as you and I hold on to this. And so these stonies, amen, it talks about the stony, amen, the things that begins to choke out and chokes out the word of God, the weeds. When he talks about it there, man, begins to come up the weeds. It's got to be dealt with and that nature. Why? It'll choke out the promises. It'll choke out the word of God. Hey, can I just say this? We're living in a time today, and the writer talks about it, amen, in one of the areas. I'll tell you, there was a lot in this lesson, amen, uh, I wish I could just remember where a bit of this is at and just go right to it. Um, he talks about the life itself and, and the things of life and how that they will. Uh, oh, here it is. The uncontrolled addictions of wanting more and more earthly things is a snare. That material things that will one day vanish and then be vanished away. So what's he talking about? We've got to watch that. Here in America, folks, we've got to watch that. Material things and wanting more material things. If we're not careful, it eats up our time, eats up our energy, that, that we don't have nothing left for God. There's nothing wrong to try and you know, support your family, do what you can. But don't, watch this, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. And I don't think nobody in this house is about to gain the whole world. You know, I don't think well, none of us is nowhere near, probably don't even have an intention of that. So now watch this. He goes on, he says, what do you give in exchange for your soul? Think about that in a second. How cheap am I selling my eternity out for? How cheap am I selling my soul? When I, when I really back up and look at it, say, wait a minute, God. I've been busy and, and, and doing this and doing that. And there's times, times that happen. I understand that's life sometimes. But whenever it becomes where every day we got our schedule and we can't, we don't have God in it. Our, our schedule's so tight and we run that all we got left is the last few minutes at nighttime. And we read a verse or two or three. And we can't cause rain. Because I'm going to tell you something. This old flesh can't handle it so much. I mean, I'm just being honest. Why do you think we're, we're reaching for other substance to help us? To energize us. To give us strength. Why do you think we're selling medicines, amen, to help the mind to focus? Hey, it's out there. 
from one extreme to the other. But if we're not careful, we're not careful, that's what he's warning us of. We're reaching for things that's not eternal. Gee, Paul taught us, he said, get your eyes on things eternal, not on earthly things. Why? Because they can work. These are not simple stuff. It's materialistic things. You can't have material things. And we believe in working. Come on. Lazy man don't eat. But you can't let work or making money become your God either. There's got to be balance in all of this. I'm about done. Let's stand. There's got to be balance in living for God. And sometimes you and I have got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to make the sacrifice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in church. Or I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to spend some time this evening. Amen. Give God. That's the reason I don't push any of you to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. If that's not your best time to pray, then you pick the best time that you can give to God. That you're not distracted. That you're not so wore out and tired. And there's times that happens and give it your best. But to let that be an everyday event, that lies within us. We got to choose. We got to determine saying, you know what? I'm going to do different. I want to, I, want to, I want to spend some quality time with God. It's like spending some quality time with your family. Sometimes you got to push everything else aside and say, no. Hey, I can remember now, used to. Now, it's not so much our day and time. But used to. Supper time, everybody ate at the same time. We all fixed our plates together and we all sat at the table or at the bar. We had a bar. We all sat at the bar. Amen. We all ate the same time. And if you didn't come eat supper then, then you didn't get supper. I mean, there was something seriously wrong. You was, there was something. But I can probably count on one hand how many times that was. Same way with God. Sometimes you and I have just got to make up in our minds and our hearts and our spirits say, I'm going to give God some, some quality time. Man, and sometimes it's not the length of the time, but the quality of it. God would rather have a good 15 minutes with you on a daily basis that get something done, he can talk to you and you can talk to him. That spend an hour of it and the whole hour of it, you just, you know, you ain't touched God and God hadn't touched you. All right, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's better to go ahead and take that 15 minute nap and get up and try to pray than it is to. But you got to work it out. That's what the scripture taught us. It work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. True this morning, we, none of us has made it. But we're striving to attain. Now, we've attained mercy. I'm going to preach on that sometime. I started on it a few weeks ago. But we've attained mercy. And by this mercy, by this grace, I am what I am. Have I won the race? Not yet. Have I finished the course? Not quite. But I'm going to hold on. I'm going to let God keep working on my heart. I'm going to let God keep working on my mind. I'm going to let God keep working on my spirit. He promised us in the book to renew our minds. James talks about it. The end of it. I know I didn't. I didn't go to it, but the end of it. James talks about it. He talks about don't grow weary. Doing good. He talks about the mind. Let's don't give up. Don't you give up? It doesn't matter if they respond to the seed or not. You just keep sowing it. You keep sowing the good seed. You keep living for God. You keep magnifying. You keep living for Him. God will work it out. God will bring it together. There's going to be a harvest, folks. There's going to be a harvest. Bishop Odom strongly believes in this end time. There's going to be a great harvest. 
and a quick one. A strong possibility of it being a quick one in this end time. Because of the condition of our world. Amen. The spiritual condition of our world where we at. It's going to be people. It's going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. They're going to be looking. I need something that's solid. I need something that's sound. I need something to deliver me and set me free. And it's nothing but the gospel. Nothing but the good tidings and the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the real answer. No matter where they come from and who they are. The answer, just like it was for you and I, is Jesus Christ. He's the answer in this house this morning. Let's pray. God, we love you. Appreciate you today. We're so thankful for your word, for the powers of your compassion, your grace and mercy. God, we're thankful for the power of the sower. That first sower being none other but Jesus Christ himself. And God, you help us now. Become the sowers of the gospel, of the good tidings, of the good news. You help us be the hands and the feet that you'd have us to be in our community and with our families. You help us get under the influence of the power of the Holy Ghost. To be led by the Spirit of God. To be a, a help to others, God. Wherever time or place it might be, God. That we could sow the good seed of the Word of God. God, sow it upon whatever soil that you'd have us to sow it on. And on whatever lives or hearts. And let the good Word of God, the power of it. Amen. To be penetrating to their hearts and their souls and minds. We take out the time to pray over it. We take out the time, God, to call your name over it. Call for your anointing and baptism of your spirit. Working through the lives, the lives that's even here this morning, God. Throughout this coming week, God, there'd be a special touch. A special visitation upon every man, woman, boy, and girl in this assembly. Your touch, God, in our hearts. Your favor working on our behalf. Molding us and shaping us into who and what you'd have us to be as a witness of Jesus Christ. We're going to give you the glory and the praise and honor for it today. In that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. God love you this morning. Appreciate you. It's good to see everybody. It's good to have everybody. God bless you.